after a full week of prep. After a full week of getting used to this team. Getting to know the offensive line. Getting to know more about this team. After a full week of getting ready for one opponent. This is the best that we get. Toledo still keeps rolling. They beat Ball State. And interesting development at the end of the game. Which now sets up a separation Saturday in college football. Big moves in the NFL during free agency sets up for the midway point of the NFL season. It's going to be a good week in the NFL. Good week in the gridiron. While the Jackets are Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Good in some weeks. Horrible in others. But going into the tank last night and getting the win proves that there's something going on in CBJ country. And the Walleye continue their march to the Kelly Cup playoff. Even though it's only a few games into the season. Key games this time of year are very important. It's Friday, November 2nd, 2018. Which means it's a Falcon Friday edition of the program. And you're listening to the program right now on the Anchor Network. Whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now. However you're listening to me tonight... Wherever you're listening to me tonight, thank you for tuning into the program as well as on Facebook Live. So sit back, relax. It's a post game Falcon Friday edition of All Andy Alford right here on the Anchor Network and on Facebook Live. Guess who's back? All Andy Alfred. 24 runs in the span. We're going to get shut out. Gambino! Hit to a home run. It's time for all Andy Alfred. I love you guys and good evening to you and welcome in to this special Falcon Friday, Friday edition of the program. And you are listening to me on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, whether it be Google Podcasts, whether it be Spotify, Stitcher, Podcast Now, however you're listening to me, wherever you're listening to me, and whenever you're listening to me. Thank you for tuning into the program tonight, as well as, with this being a Friday edition of the program, it is a Falcon Friday edition of All Andy Alford tonight, and we are live on Facebook Live tonight, of course, doing this show live, and uh, open up the comments here in just a, in just a second, but a uh, lot to get into the program tonight. Of course, we're going to recap the walleye game that just went final at the Huntington Center this evening. We'll talk about that. Briefly, in just a little bit, of course, we'll talk about the NHL and what is happening in the NHL, as well as getting you set for this week in college football and the NFL. But you can always be a part of the show by following us on Twitter. It is at all Andy Alfred. It is at all Andy Alfred. And of course, 
You can post your comments underneath the program on Facebook Live as well. We do the show every Friday on Facebook Live. So welcome into the program. Got a lot to get into tonight, and we're going to start with Bowling Green. BG, a part of the Maction happening this past week in college football. We're going to talk about that. First and foremost. You know, this team has had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to get the job done. Especially against an opponent that only has one win this year. Against an FBS school. Bowling Green, one win against an FBS school. So looking at this game, I took Bowling Green in this game on Monday. When we previewed this game with, with Pellini. BG was a better football club from start to finish in this game. But again, I say it again, the defensive end, the defensive end of the football spectrum did not get the job done. The running game, Andrew Clare, is a total miss for this team. Him being out for these last three games is proving that we are not the capable team this year. Absolutely not. Absolutely not! And this game meant more to me because we were on the national stage. We were on ESPNU. Now, don't get me wrong. ESPNU is a sub-channel. We're not ESP on ESPN2. We're not on the ESPN uh, regular, number one. We're on the U, which is Tier 3. That tells you something about the program. We're in Tier 3. That's one bad thing. Number two, the size of the crowd. I know it's a Tuesday night. I know that you have a lot of people that work. I know that you don't want to be out in the cold. It was 60 degrees at kickoff. The breeze was coming out of the south. It was a warm evening. The last warm evening probably this year in Bowling Green. They only drew 6,000 in attendance. 6,000 in attendance for a when uh, a Tuesday night Maction game against Kent State for the Memorial Trophy. That shows you how bad this team is. It really shows you how bad this team is and how that on a week night you're not seeing that big of a crowd. Hell, there was a more T the TV rating apparently for this was a was a solid three. Three. Unbelievable. The Miami Buffalo game drew more attention for the Mid American Conference than this BG Kent State game. And that game was the better of the two games. Because A, it was on ESPN2, and B, both teams are competitive. But I say it again, 
only 6,000 in attendance for this game. There were so many empty seats. It was just sad to see. And remember, at the beginning of the season, Bowling Green switched sides so that it could be to bring out more of the TV crowd, to bring more people, to bring more people to recruit. And you're only bringing in 6,000? The marching band filled the whole section by itself. It's just embarrassing. Honestly, it's embarrassing. We need the administration and the AD need to take a discussion about this. Because BG plays not again until they don't play another weekday game until the 23rd of November, which is a Friday, the Friday after Thanksgiving. The next two weeks are Saturday games. We were on the national page one time. This was a big recruiting option for the university. And A, the fans didn't show up. And B, the quality of play on the field match why the fans don't show up. It just was absolutely horrendous. Daggy having a great game. I give him credit on that. The wide receiving core, I give credit to that. But the running game, again, kills Bowling Green. 86 yards of total rushing offense. 86 for the entire game. And, and here's the thing. BG had time after time after time after time after time after time after time to put this game away. And they couldn't get the job done. They couldn't get the job done. Now this is game two of Carl Polini's job interview. I have to pass a, give you a grade right now. Two-thirds of his way. To me, it's a C- minus to a D+. Plus. There's a lot of bright spots that you're seeing. A lot of goodness came out of this game. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of crap through this. But there's a lot of good spots about this. One, that the receiving core was key in this game. Number two, the defense offensive line helped Daggy out. There was not that many sacks. And number three, the fact that this guy, with the talent that he's got, and the amount of time that he had, it kind of showed. The first half of the game was absolutely atrocious. 16 penalties in total in the entire first half between both teams. Undisciplined. That is a bad point in Polini's thing. Number two, the lack of good play calling in certain times of the game. That's number two. And number three, the 
lack of communication between Daggy and him. The quarterback's coach is having a one-on-one between Daggy and him, not Pelini. Pelini is supposed to be running this offense now. They got to get that fixed. We have three games left this year. And those are three games for Carl Pelini to prove that he can get the job done. Two of them are on the road. And they're against big game, big team. All three games are big games for him. You've got Central Michigan. You've got Akron at Akron, at Central Michigan and at Akron. And then you end the season with Buffalo. A divisional opponent. And basically for me, I rate that as an 0-3. So one win this year alone. It's not going to cut it. It, re- it really isn't going to cut it. I'm sorry. And Barrett just lit up the passing core and the and the how bad the run defense is. It's Kent State beats Bowling Green 35 to 28. Barrett for Kent State. 14 for 24, 157, two touchdowns, no interceptions at the game. He had 17 carries for 77 yards, one TD. Shaw, 28 carries for 128, two touchdowns. He also caught the ball twice for 28 yards, one TD in the game. Dixon, six catches for 73 yards, one TD in the game. Jared Deggie, a good game. 20 for 37. 207, three touchdowns, one INT in the game. Uh, Fry, 17 carries, 36 yards in total in the game. Ryan Hargrove, four catches, 41 yards, one TD. Hendricks, two catches, a total of 73 yards, one TD in the game. And the breakdown looks like this. Kent State had 21 first downs to Bowling Green's 18. On third down, BG was 6 for 18. Kent State, 7 for 17. Total yards. Kent State, 386. 386. BG, 317. 157 through the air for Kent State. 225 on the ground for Kent State. For Bowling Green, 231 through the air. And like I said, it proved... That there is a pass-oriented team. Daggy has that arm. And he will be a Sunday player. Soon enough, he will be a Sunday player. But here's the thing. You got to get more openings for the running back in Hargrove. And in for Fry. And for and for when Andrew Clare comes back. Because 86 yards of total run offense is not going to win you football games in the Mid-America Conference. It is not going to win you football games in the Central United the Central the Conference USA. It's not going to win you, it's definitely not going to win you games in Big 10 or the SEC or the uh, ACC. It might might in the WAC, but it's not in the Mountain West, but it's not going to get you get you a job done in in all the big schools, the Big 3, the Power 4, 5 conference. And here's the thing Penalties, 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 penalties. I say it again every 
freaking week on this program. Penalties, kills, Bowling Green. 11 penalties, 86 yards for Kent State. 11 penalties, 85 yards for Bowling Green. Both teams turned the football over one time. It, it, it just doesn't get in. And I, I'll say it again. I give Pelini right now a C- minus to a D+. Plus. I I could tell why he was they, they let him go at FAU. I really can. But you know, this is, this is why he's an interim. And I've I was the AD. I if I was Mooseburger, I'd be I'd be looking looking hard. Because commitment day is coming. It is coming quickly and quickly and quickly. And this team has got to be ready. We have to have commitments for this team. And I would be more focused in on the defensive and offensive lines and my secondary than my my offensive front. But we'll see. We will see. As right here on the Anchor Network, you will hear Carl Polini's press conference in its entirety. And on the Facebook side, we will also play the Carl Polini press conference for you as well. So here it is. The post game from Tuesday night's game against Kent State. The interim coach of Bowling Green State University, Carl Polini. And the fact that his team could not get the job done against Kent State. So close again. Was this maybe out of Colossus the toughest one to stomach? I think so. I think so. I think um, for a lot of reasons. But uh, I thought we fought. I thought there was a lot of fight in us. I think we fought to the very end. Um, made some mistakes. There was sloppy play at times with the penalties and whatnot. Um, we hurt ourselves at times. Um, but I think our guys fought, you know, and, and um, they played hard. You know, as you're learning the win, you know, it seems like if we get down a score, we fight, we come back, and we tie it, or we take the lead, and then we have our letdown. Um, we got to learn to control our emotions and play under pressure. Um, you know, that's my job to teach them how to do that. And, um, you know, it's a, hard, it's a hard one to take. You had that sequence where Marcus forced the fumble. You guys score. You guys get another stop. Did it feel like it was a break? Yeah. And then we put him in the third down, got out of our rush lanes, and let him out. And, uh, you know, something we talked about all week, worked on all week. And those are little things, just little, little breakdowns where – you know, should never happened. You know, we had two eyes spying the quarterback, and the quarterback gets out and runs for 20 yards. Just, you know, lack of, uh, you know, just, just we need to step up and make a play at that moment in the game. You know, someone needs to make a play, make, you know, tackle. We had him in the backfield, missed the tackle, and he got out. You know, and those are plays that teams that win these games make those plays. Teams that don't make those plays don't win these games. What were your thoughts on the offensive line play tonight? Um, you know, I, I, it's hard for me to say right now. 
you know, um, not having seen the film, I'm not real pleased um, with our offensive line play. I think we can do better. Um, you know, rushing three, when they're rushing three, we should be able to sit back in that pocket all day, and that wasn't the case. And uh, we'll work hard at fixing that. With some of the breakdowns that you mentioned that you know, just kind of keep happening and offensively, um, kind of just stumbling over yourself at times, is it too late to overcome that stuff at this point in the year? No. I mean, <laughs> that would make us a quitters. Um, it's never too late, you know. And, and the big thing, you know, in my position right now is that we are a better football team tomorrow than we were today. And it's never too late, you know. And, and those are things that we'll keep addressing and keep trying to fix and keep working on. Um, but it's never too late to fix those things. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, I'm just going to work hard and, and keep improving this football team, and, and we're going to have to steal a couple here at the end. How tough was it losing Roland Walder? He was having a monster game. He was having a monster game. He was having his best game of the year. Um, yeah, and that hurt. You know, it hurt our, our pass rush. Um, he was really, really playing well. It just seems to be the story this year. <laughs> we just keep losing guys for the season when they start having their breakout performances. So, um, but that's the way the game is, you know, and um, happens happens some years worse than others. Seems like we've been bit pretty hard with the injury bug this year. So, yeah, I felt bad for Roland because he was having a great half, and and I think uh, you know he would have been a difference maker as that game went on, especially when they started throwing the ball. And uh, he's got the ball with a chance. Oh, it's tied. A chance to go up. It's just the penalty you think that threw off the rhythm of the drive? Mm, I don't know. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, the penalty, the penalty happened. You know, we got to go back and gather ourselves and execute the offense. You know, so I'm not going to use that as an excuse. Um, that's a tough thing for officials to call. I think both sides were guilty of it all night, and um, you know, we just happened to get nabbed there. Uh, but those RPOs, you know, Lyman getting up, showing around, and just getting a little too far downfield, it's uh, it happens. But but uh, you know, regardless, you know, we got to come back. It's first and fifteen. We still got a chance, right? And uh, weren't able to cap it. Weren't able to move the football. Just got to execute better. How do you make sure that belief stays where you need it? I always said, you know, being in this position, especially in the interim role, is 90% psychologist, 10% coach. Um, but so far, and I believe this will continue, I haven't had to be that. You know, I haven't had to uh, be that cheerleader. They've come in energetic every day. They've worked hard at practice during the off week. They worked hard at practice during the preparation for this game. Um, you know, so... I haven't really had to face that yet. I think, you know, I don't know. After after a number of close losses like this, I'm sure there's a seed of doubt in a lot of players. So it's my job to erase that seed and just keep preparing for the next game and keep doing it day by day by day. And I, I do believe, I do believe that that day after day, asking them to do just the little things right over and over and over again, I think it creates a sense of pride that, you know, I'm not worried at all about this team quitting. Not worried at all. That's not the type of the young men that we have in that locker room. So you just heard Carl Pellini's press conference. 
And, you know, the guy is... You know, he tells it like it is, and I like the guy. I really do. But, like I said, he's an intern. And uh, C plus, C minus, D plus. BG's next game is next Saturday against Central Michigan. We'll preview that on Tuesday's edition of All Andy Alford. As you are listening and watching to All Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now, Stitcher, however you're listening to me tonight, wherever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning into the program, as well as on Facebook Live. I will get to your comments is just in just a little bit. But um, let's dive, continue to dive into the, the rest of the college football and also the rest of the action from this past week. How about the University of Toledo getting the job done against Ball State? And I know Chris is very excited for this one. Uh, Toledo getting the job done against Ball State on Halloween. Peters, 25 for 34, 327, two touchdowns, but he threw four interceptions in the game. Candle is not very happy after postgame. I don't have his presser, but he was not very happy at that. But the UT Rockets get the job done as they beat Ball State, 45-13. Pullett, 29 for 47, three 40 through the air, one touchdown, two interceptions of the game. Jones, 12 carries, 49 yards, no touchdowns. Miller, five catches for 101 yards, one touchdown in the game. Hall, 10 catches, 82 yards, no touchdowns of the game. Hopkins, 13 carries for 84 yards, one TD. Brian Kobach, 15 carries for 78 yards, two touchdowns of the game. John V. Johnson, five catches, 100 yards, one TD in the game. Cody Thompson, six catches, 73 yards. One TD in the game. Looks like this. The breakdown looks like this. Ball State 26 first downs to Toledo's 27. On third down, Ball State was 2 for 14. Toledo 5 for 11. 531 yards of total offense for the University of Toledo. Ball State 437. The UT Rockets had 327 yards in the through the air and 204 on the ground. Ball State 343 through the air. 94 yards in total on the ground. Penalties killed Ball State. 10 penalties for 100 yards. Toledo, 6 penalties for 45 yards. Both teams turned the football over a total of 5 times in this game. Can't get the job done with that. But afterwards, post-game, if you did not see this, a lot of people did not see this, but it was May mention of this the other on Thursday, Thursday morning. The ESPN cameras took the camera shot away, went to a... Uh, a B film of the highlights of the game. So, Matt Candle and the coach of Ball State got into an argument at midfield at the 50-yard line. What we have been told by this, it was because of the play earlier that knocked out the running back for Ball State. It was a cheap shot. Referee did not get the call and Candle gets blamed for this. The coach of Ball State basically calling it a cheap shot, a low blow to his program. An absolute low blow to his program. That's going to stoke a log in the fire for this rivalry as long as Matt Candle's in there. When they go back to Muncie next year, that's going to set it up. It's going to set it up 
huge, huge for this week. But Toledo gets the job done. They beat Ball State 45-13. Other action and other scores from around college football. Buffalo on Tuesday was a winner 51-42 over Miami of Ohio. NIU a winner 36-26 over Akron. How about Ohio destroying Western Michigan 59-14? Unbelievable on that part. And then last night in top 25 action, Central Florida was a winner 52 to 40 over the Temple Owls. And now let's talk a little bit about the college football playoff really quickly. You look at the college football playoffs, and for me, it's an interesting development. You you heard who I had in my top four and my outside looking in for the college football playoff. You have what I had on the outside looking in. You know, Alabama's at one, I had. I had Clemson at two. I had Notre Dame at three. And I had Michigan at four. LSU uh, LSU on the outside at five. And Oklahoma and Ohio State at six. Was absolutely wrong on that part. College football ranking playoff rankings came out on Tuesday. This is what it looks like. Alabama at 1. Clemson at 2. LSU at 3. Notre Dame is at 4. Michigan at 5. Georgia is at 6. Oklahoma 7. Washington State 8. Kentucky 9. Ohio State 10. Florida is 11th. UCF 12. West Virginia 13. Penn State 14. Utah 15. Iowa 16. Texas 17. 18th is Mississippi State. 19th is the Crush Syracuse. 20th is Texas A&M. NC State 21st. Boston College 22nd. Fresno State 23rd. Iowa State 24th. And Virginia is 25th. And that's the college football playoff rankings. So like I said, it sets up for this weekend. It's decision Saturday in most parts. So let's take a look at some of the big top 25 games the one MAC game, and the Big Ten schedule. And you'll hear my predictions. Don't go to your bookie for these picks. These are, this is going to be an interesting pick week. 25th rank, Virginia is at home to take on Pitt. I'll take Virginia in the game. 20th rank, Texas A&M is on the road to play Auburn. I will take Auburn in that game. That's one of my upsets. Iowa State is in Kansas to take on the Jayhawks. I will take Iowa State in that game. Second ranked Clemson is at home to take on Louisville. This could be a good, interesting matchup for Clemson. I'm still going to take the Tigers to beat the Louisville Cardinals. Syracuse, 19th ranked, will take on Wake Forest. That's Dino Vavers versus Dave Clawson. A BG coaches taking each other on. I'll take the Demon Deacons to beat Syracuse. Sets up the 330 kickoff. Georgia, 6th ranked in the college football playoffs, taking on ninth ranked Kentucky. I will take the Bulldogs to win the SEC East. And sets up for the later matchup in just a little bit. NC State taking on Florida State. I will take NC State in that game. 13th ranked West Virginia taking on Texas. I will take Texas to beat West Virginia. Boston College is on the road to take on Virginia Tech. I will take Boston College in that game. 11th ranked Florida 
is at home to take on Mississippi, uh, Missouri. Excuse me. I will take Florida in that game. 15th ranked Utah is on the road to take on Herm Edwards, Arizona Sun Devils. I will take Utah in that game. Don't don't take you don't beat Utah in that one. Sets up an eight o'clock kickoff. Excuse me, 7:30 kickoff as the Notre Dame Fighting Irish head into Northwestern to take on the Wildcats. This game is a toss-up for me. It really is a toss-up. Notre Dame, it's that time of year that Notre Dame has those games where you're you're wondering, is this the real Notre Dame team? Yes, it is in my opinion. I think Notre Dame will get the job done over Northwestern. 18th ring, Mississippi State takes on Louisiana Tech. I will take Mississippi State in that game. Which sets up the 8 o'clock kickoff. Number one ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. Taking on third ranked LSU. I will take LSU to beat Alabama in LSU. Yes, I think Nick Saban will get his first loss in Tiger Country. Oklahoma is on the road to take on Texas Tech. I will take Oklahoma in that game. 23rd ranked Fresno State takes on UNLV. I'll take Fresno State in the game. Cal is on the road to take on 8th ranked Washington State. I will take Washington State in the game. And it sets up for the Big Big Ten games. Rutgers is at Wisconsin. I will take Wisconsin in that game. Minnesota is at Illinois to take on the Fighting Illini. I will take Minnesota and row the boat. Of course, 16th ranked Iowa is at Purdue to take on the Boilermakers. I will take Iowa in the game. And four sets up the big matchups of the local teams here in the Big Ten. Penn State, 14th ranked in the country, taking on Michigan. 5th ranked Michigan Wolverines. I will take Michigan to get the job done over Penn State. Maryland is at home to take on Michigan State. I will take Michigan State in that game, which sets up the return back of the Ohio State University. The Buckeyes take on the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Ohio State 10th ranked in the country. After a bye week, after the loss against Purdue, what Ohio State team will be there? Will it be the team that's fully recovered against Purdue, against Purdue, or will this be a shattered-looking bull, uh, shattered-looking Ohio State team? In my opinion, the Ohio State Buckeyes will be there, and I got Ohio State beating Nebraska. The only other MAC game going on this week is Central Michigan's taking on Eastern Michigan. I'm going to take Central Michigan to beat the Emus in that game. So those are my picks for this week of the college football spectrum. Uh, you are listening to All Andy Offer tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcasts Now. However you're listening to me tonight, wherever you're listening to me tonight, thank you for tuning into the program. And now let's dive into the NFL. Big weekend and a big week that it was in the free agency market. So a big week in... The NFL spectrum. Free agency. Free agency absolutely moving people around. And the big piece to me was Golden Tate leaving Detroit. 
being traded to Philadelphia for draft picks. Now, that's just for me. He is a core piece of the wide receiving court. Why would you get rid of him? Why? For me, it shows that the Lions aren't going to be there. It shows that they're not going to be there for the playoffs. They're not going to be there for the playoff push. It really doesn't. So what Lion team are we going to get this Sunday in Minnesota for Taron Bland's school, Minnesota Vikings? What team are we going to get? It's the big question. We should see. As we had our first Sunday, uh, Thursday night game, San Francisco cruising over Oakland 34-3 in the final game of the Battle of the Bays. The starting goal, uh, starting, I almost said starting goaltender, starting quarterback for San Francisco, not Garoppolo. It was Nick Mullins. My sister would know Nick Mullins, of course. Nick Mullins, 16 for 22, 262, three touchdowns, no INTs in the game. Derek Carr for Oakland, 16 for 21, 171, no touchdowns, no INTs. He ran the ball three attempts for 50 for five yards, no TDs in the game. Martin, 11 carries, 49 yards, no TDs in the game. Richard, four catches, 45 yards, no TDs. Bryant, two catches, 29 yards, no TDs in the game. For San Francisco, um, Molester, seven carries, 86 yards, one TD. James, two catches, 60 yards, no touchdowns. Kittle, four catches, 108 yards, one TD in the game. So, starts off week nine of the NFL spectrum, and this is what it looks like. And here are my selections for this week. A big week in the NFL. We'll start off in Buffalo. Buffalo coming off of the loss against the New England Patriots on Monday Night Football host the Chicago Bears. I will take the Bills to beat the Bears. Tampa Bay is in Carolina to take on the Panthers. I will take Carolina. We'll see how Fitzpatrick and, and Fitzmagic continues his run and since he is now the starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 head down to Miami to take on the Dolphins. I'm going to take Miami in this game. I think the Jets are not going to be coming coming off of a bad week last week I against Chicago. I think Miami is going to be there. Pittsburgh is in Baltimore to take on the Ravens. I will take Baltimore to beat the Steelers. Atlanta is in Washington to take on the Washington Football Club. I will take Atlanta to beat Washington. Houston is in Denver to take on the Broncos. I will take Denver in that game. The Chargers are in Seattle to take on the Seattle Seahawks. I'm going to take Seattle in this game. It's a toss-up for me in this game. I'll take Seattle in the game. The Rams are in New Orleans to take on the Saints. I'm going to take the Rams. I think the Rams will continue their run in the this season. And stay undefeated going into the Superdome. Green Bay on Sunday Night Football travels to Foxborough to take on Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. Hopefully he's healthy. And Julius Elliman and the New England Patriots. New England. 
Plain and simple. And then the Monday Night Football, Tennessee is in Dallas to take on the boys. I will take Dallas in that game. which sets up the local teams. Kansas City is in Cleveland to take on the Browns. The first game without Hugh Jackson on the helm for the Browns. I'm taking Kansas City. It's no doubt. Kareem Hunt's going to have a breakout game in this. In this, And uh, so I will take Kansas City to beat Cleveland. What sets up the game, Detroit versus Minnesota. Minnesota questions in the quarterback helm and also in the receiving core. The Lions without Golden Tate now. Can Michael Roberts step up to the plate? Can Matthew Stafford lead this team into into UCF field and U.S. Bank field in Minnesota to the victory? Forward down the field, a Lions team that will not yield. And when the blue and silver wave, stand and cheer the brave. Raw, raw, raw. I'm taking the Lions to beat Minnesota this week, in spite of all of everybody saying, why just pick Minnesota? It's going to be an easy week for the picks. I'm taking Detroit to beat Minnesota. So. There is that for you. As you're listening to all NBL for tonight, and I know Terrence is going to hate me for that, but I, I'm i sorry, buddy. I'm taking the Lions to beat the Vikings. As you're listening to all NBL for tonight and watching all NBL for tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now, Stitcher, however you're listening to me and watching me, wherever you're listening and watching me, Thank you for tuning into the program. As you're also watching me on Facebook Live, we'll get to those comments here in just a second. But now let's hit the ice. A big night at the Huntington Center tonight, but we'll start in the NHL with the Blue Jackets. And boy, oh boy, has the Jackets gone from Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde this season so far. The Jackets continue to find a way to be the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Okay, I'm going to say this. I'm going to be nice about the situation. Okay, I'm going to be completely honest and completely nice about this. Okay, so bear with me. Bear with me on this situation. Okay, Tuesday's game against Detroit proved that we are the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde of this of this team. They had the up the, being absolutely pummeled, being down three to nothing to the Detroit Red Wings. Rasmussen gets it in his first goal. Dylan Larkin and Anthony Manta making it a three nothing game, chasing Jonas Corposalo out of that. He only stopped four pucks of the seven. His save percentage, a five point seven one. That's not gonna cut it. That is absolutely not going to cut it. Absolutely not going to cut it. And then poor Bob has to come into the game. And and, and I give Tortorella credit on that one. Corby was dying in the net. He was absolutely dying in the net. You pull him out, put Bob in the net, Bob coming back, coming into the game, stopping. 23 or 24. Save percentage now a .958 in that game. And the Jackets roared back in the third period. Anderson, Nudivara, and P.L. Luke Dubois. 
tying the game up at three apiece. And I said, oh my God. Oh my God. There is a chance. There is a strong chance that this team is going to get the job done. Absolutely get the job done. But it just wasn't happening. Just getting... Both teams looked absolutely flat in the third period. But Detroit got the job done. They got the job done. And Bertuzzi getting the equalizer, making it 4-3, and then Larkin getting the empty netter, giving Detroit their third win of the season as the Wings beat the Jackets at 200 West Nationwide Boulevard, 5-3. Jackets out shooting the Wings 37-36. And I've been noticing this lately. Every time the Jackets have outshot their opponent, they have lost the game. They have outshot their opponents. Looking back at it, when they played Detroit, they outshot them 37-36. In the game against Buffalo, they were outshot 38-37. In the game against St. Louis, against Arizona, they were out they outshot Arizona 36-26. So maybe let's not take as many freaking shots. And give us a chance to win the hockey game, boys. Putting the pucks in the right zone, how about? Face-off percentage, the Red Wings are 51% to Columbus's 49. The Red Wings, 1 for 2 on the power play. Only 10 minutes in penalties. They had 13 hits in the game. Columbus, 0 for 5 on the power play. 4 minutes in penalties, 19 hits in the game. Howard stopping 34-37. His save percentage, a .919. In the game. So Detroit getting the job done, getting the win on Tuesday night. They came back home to play New Jersey and they got their fourth win uh, last night, four to three over the Devils. And the Jackets then hit the West Coast. Three games in four days, three games, three games in four days for the Jackets. And it started last night in the tank in San Jose and the Jackets got the job done. LeBlanc getting the first goal of the game, making it one to nothing. But then Anthony Duclair, a beautiful shot to beat Dell, and it was one one. And then Seth Jones bearing it past Dell again in front on a nice pass play, making it two one. And then Nick Felino on the breakaway. It is so good to see Nick Felino finally stepping up and becoming the captain that he is, and becoming the player that he is, and becoming the man that he is. To lead this team to put the puck in the back of the net and getting his fourth goal of the year. Anderson with the empty netter in the end. And the Jackets get a huge win in the tank. Pass Brett Burns 4-1. to one. San Jose out shooting Columbus 45-27. to 27. They led in the faceoff department 66% to the Columbus' 34 both teams 0 for on the power play. Columbus 0 for 1. San Jose 0 for 3. Columbus 8 minutes in penalties. San Jose 4 minutes in penalties. The Jackets out hitting the Sharks 27 to 18. Bob, a generously great performance. Getting the number 3 star in the game. It was Duclair getting the number, excuse me, Seth Jones getting the number 1 star. Bob stopping 44 45. His save percentage of point 
nine eight seven eight. Dell stopping twenty three of twenty six. His save percentage of point eight eight five. Other scares happening in the NHL. Winnipeg was a winner over Florida in Helsinki, Finland, for the Global Series in Game One last yesterday afternoon, four to two. Vegas gets the loss in St. Louis, 5-3. Dallas, a 2-1 win over Toronto. And Toronto struggling without Austin Matthews. Edmonton, a 4-0 win over Chicago. In overtime, the Islanders were a winner, 3-2 over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Washington loses in Montreal, 6-4. Buffalo gets the loss in Ottawa, 4-2. Nashville, a winner, 4-1 over Tampa Bay. Colorado losing to Calgary, 6-5. It was the Rangers battling out against the Ducks. Most of the Metropolitan teams are over here on the West out here on the West Coast. They're battling each other out. The Rangers in the in the pond to take on the Ducks, and they get the win three two in a shootout. Philadelphia is in LA to take took on the Shark took on the Kings, excuse me, and they get a five two win as well. Tonight on the docket, we had actually one game already happened. The final game of the Global Series, Winnipeg, the home team against Florida. And Winnipeg loses to Florida 4-2 in the game in Helsinki, Finland. Tonight, 10 o'clock, start times look like this. It is going to be Colorado in Vancouver, and Carolina is in Arizona. Tomorrow, 10.05, puck drop. It's the Kings hosting the Jackets. Game on Fox Sports Ohio, as well as on Fox Sports LA. Hockey Night in Canada looks like this. Toronto is in Pittsburgh. Tampa Bay is in Montreal. Edmonton is in Detroit. And the late game, Chicago is in Calgary. And the Jackets head over to the pond to take on the Anaheim Ducks before they head back home this Tuesday at 200 West Nation Valley Boulevard to take on the Dallas Stars. NHL standings look like this going into today's play in the Metropolitan Division. It's Pittsburgh in first place at 6-2-3. The Islanders 7-4-1 with 15 points. Both Pittsburgh and the Islanders at 15 points. Columbus in third, 7-5-0 with 14 points. Tampa Bay 8-3-1 with 17 points. Boston 7-3-2 with 16 points. Montreal 7-3-2 with 16 points. The wild card standings look like this. Toronto 8-5-0 with 16 points. Buffalo 6-5-2 with 14 points. On the outside looking at Col- Carolina is 6-5-1 with 13 points. The Washington Capitals are 5-4-2 with 12 points. Ottawa 5-5-2 with 12 points. Philadelphia 6-7-0 with 12 points. And the Devils are 5-4-1 with 11 points. The Rangers 5-7-1 with 11 points. And Detroit 4-7-2 with 10 points. In last place now in the Eastern Conference, the Florida Panthers at 3-5-3 with 9 points. Western Conference looks like this. Nashville 10-3. 20 points overall. Winnipeg 8-5-1 with 17 points. Minnesota 7-3-2 with 16 points. The Pacific Division looks like this. Calgary 8-5-1 with 17 points. Vancouver 8-6-0 with 16 points. Edmonton 7-4-1 with 15 points. Wildcard standings look like this. Colorado 7-4-2 with 16 points. San Jose 6-4-3 with 15 points. On the outside looking in, the Hawks at 6 the Hawks 6-5-3 with 15 points. Dallas 7-5-0 with 14 points. Anaheim 5-6-3 with 13 points. The Coyotes 6-5-0 with 12 points. St. Louis 4-4-3 with 11 points. Vegas struggling 5-7-1 with 11 points. And the Kings 3-8-1 with 7 points. So that is the updated standings going into tonight's play as you're listening to All Andy Alford tonight right here 
on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcasts Now, however you're listening to me tonight, wherever you're listening to me tonight, thank you for tuning in, as well as on Facebook Live. So let's talk a little bit about the walleye. The walleye in action tonight, but they did hit the pond on Tuesday to take on the Kalamazoo Wings, and it was Burschback, his fifth of the year, and Storm, his 11th. Jenks in a shootout propelled the the walleye to a 3-2 win, Jenks getting his sixth shootout victory in walleye history. Has more overtime and shootout victories in his career with the walleye than any other walleye in history. Taylor his fourth, Blarney his third as the walleye get a win in Kalamazoo on Tuesday, 3-2. And now they host the Idaho Steelheads, top farm team of the Dallas Stars. And tonight the Game has just gone final. Idaho, the loser on the hand. Pat Nagel, the number one star, stopping 27-27 as the walleye cruise to a 4-0 victory. Tyler Spiza and Shane Burschback, the leading goal scorers. Shots on goal in the game. The walleye had 31 shots on net to Idaho's 27. Idaho 0-3 for in the power play. The walleye 1-3 for on the power play. And this weekend is Marvel's Weekend. Tickets still available for Saturday evening's game. 7-15 puck drop. You can get your tickets by calling 725-WALL or visit ToledoWallet.com or head down to the Huntington Center box office because they have a lot of merchandise, folks. Lots and lots of merchandise to look at. As you're listening to all Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcasts Now, however you're listening to me tonight, wherever you're listening to me tonight and watching me tonight, Thank you for tuning into the program. And now, let's head into the end of our program. We're getting close to the end, and it's time for Andy Rance. So tonight's Andy Rance is a uh, is a personal one on my note, and I would like to um, talk about this briefly. First and foremost, um, some of you in my in my social circle uh, know what's happening in um, in my life, and um, Wanted to make mention of this um, last Wednesday. Um, last Wednesday, uh, myself and my mother were in a, a car accident. Um, we are both perfectly fine. Um, uh, it was a rear-ending accident. I rear-ended a gentleman. Wasn't expecting that. Um, he suddenly stopped and. Um, we both passed information off to one another, insurance, licenses, um, paperwork is already in the process. Um, it's a scary situation for me. Um, after all these years of, you know, taking care of your mom and taking care of your sister, taking care of situations, this happens. And... This has been an eye-opening experience, to say the least, for me. The whole criminal justice system has been an absolute shock in my book, too. After filing a police report, I was hit with a citation. I was in court today, paid the fine. Everything's all situated with that, so... Um, Paid one hundred and thirty-eight dollars for the fine, but um, 
you know, I, 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 I did what I had, what I had done. And, um, I truly am apolo- apologize, uh, to the man I hit, rear-ended, apologize to my mother, and I apologize to you, the fans, that if you have been feeling my, my down, and my sorrow, and my, my, my tone of voice has been different because of that, and, um, I, if it's affected you listening to the program, I do apologize. Um, I'm in the market now for a new car, of course, um, the Silver Bullet is uh, officially what uh, the insurance company has told us is told. And, um, yeah, it's uh, I'm in the market. So I think I know what I'm going to get, and I'm looking for it. So if you have any information, any leads, send me a tweet at AllAndyAlford. It is at AllAndyAlford. If you know somebody that is in car dealerships, send me a we at all Andy Alford, but um, that's just one part of Andy Rance tonight. The other part tonight I want to get into is um, tonight's walleye game. For the first time in a long time, I witnessed something that I just I could I could not believe. The Toledo fans did not show up tonight. There was more empty seats than I have ever seen in my entire life. As a walleye fan, I was absolutely shocked. To those that couldn't get a ticket for opening night, but could go and see a team that's from Idaho, from Boise, Idaho, who's the top farm team, the farm ECHL farm team of the Dallas Stars. We've been always talking about how I've been always talking about why they can't bring in good teams, and Idaho is a good team. But I'm gonna. I'll say it again. It's because the ticket prices have gone up. It's now seventeen dollars a piece to go to the game. Tonight I was watching between the walleye game. I was also watching the monsters. The monsters were playing Toronto in Cleveland, and in Cleveland on Friday nights, they have this thing called a one-two-three package. Now the one-two-three package is. Dollar hot dogs, no dollar pops, two dollar hot dogs, and three dollar beers. Moneybags Napoli will not do that promotion. If he wants a bigger crowd for a Friday night game, especially early in the season, why don't I know that high school football is still the dominant sport right now? Especially now that we're hitting into the playoff spectrum. But to see so many empty seats on a Friday night. When it's actually cold and miserable, it's just a shock in my opinion. An absolute shock. But, you know, a lot of you have gone out to see college, the high school ball tonight. A lot of you are just staying in and watching the NBA or watching the hockey game on TV or watching the Monsters or, or watching Netflix or getting your house ready for Christmas. I know a lot of people are doing that. Or tearing down the Halloween decorations. I know I'll be doing that tomorrow. But to me, to see an empty stadium, almost two-thirds empty, is an absolute shock. Absolute shock. We're better than this, Toledo. And again, I will say it again. We need to stop saying hit somebody during the National Anthem. 
It's an absolute curse to this organization and an absolute curse to this team and an absolute curse to the Toledo hockey history. If we stop saying hit somebody, just maybe, just maybe we can win this championship this year. But you, the fans, need to stop doing it. You, the fans, need to get control. You, the fans, need to show some respect. And just maybe, just maybe, we can win a championship for this city again. That's Andy Rance. We will be back on the air on Tuesday, on the 6th of November, 2018, for a special version of All Andy Offered, of course. We'll recap the weekend that was in sports as well. And uh, we'll also dive into the Blue Jackets game as well. Uh, programming note, Tuesday's show, we're going to be taping around 3.30 in the afternoon. So if you have any questions, you can always hit us up on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlford if you're listening to the podcast today on the Anchor Network. And if you have a subscribe to the podcast, what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button and pass the show along. So until I talk to you on Tuesday, for another edition of All Andy Alford, this is Andy Alford saying, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together, the game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you root for, and to my teams, the Jackets. Go Jackets! Let's take this series in, in the West Coast. Let's go Walleye. Let's go Falcons. Got to get this, get on the right page. And let's go Ohio State. Let's go Buckeyes. And let's go Lions. Victory is sweetest when you have tasted defeat. Have a great rest of the weekend, everybody. I'll talk to you guys on Monday. Excuse me, on Tuesday. For another edition of All Andy Offer. Right here on the Anchor Network. And on special version on Fridays on Facebook Live. Love you. Talk to you guys then. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network. Powered by Anchor.